2: Well, good afternoon, and I hope you're having a happy Sunday and a restful Sunday. So, I'm glad that you're joining me today, and I always like to remind people, actually my assistant reminds me, because I'm terrible about reminding you to check out all the things that all my wonderful assistants do for me, so... I want to make sure you can always find me at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's the website, and there's lots of things available for you there. And then we have this weekly podcast, so these air on Sunday afternoons live, or you can go to any of your favorite podcast server and you know iTunes and all the major platforms and just type in Conversations with Cynthia, all one word. And remember, my name is spelled with an I, so it's C-I-N-T-H-I-A. So I really appreciate you joining me today, and we are doing this whole month about money. So today, we're doing this idea of having a scarcity mindset. So that's self-worth and money, and what we want to do is drop the scarcity mindset and really make sure that you're allowing yourself to receive. And that's a tough one many times because if we have an overactive conscience, we might be shaming ourselves and guilting ourselves and condemning ourselves for what we do with money. And even though maybe that, I mean, maybe it may be deserved, right? I've been there before. Unfortunately, it doesn't help and it doesn't do anything. And this is why God reminds us that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we don't want to do an ungodly thing because of maybe the way we're not doing our money correctly. So please do not shame and condemn yourself. So we want to get rid of this scarcity mindset. So what what really is a scarcity mindset? Well, think about this, you know, have you ever pulled an all-nighter? Do you remember the next day you get this mental fog that clogs up your brain and simple tasks become like 10 times harder? Well, what if you felt like that every day? Some people do. And I like this author, his name is Matthew Gilbert, and he has really done a lot with this idea of this scarcity mindset. And so they did an an experiment in 2017, and researchers found that simply thinking about an expensive car repair bill significantly worsened the cognitive performance of low-income individuals, because what does it do? It puts your brain into fight, flight, or freeze. Now you're in survival. And remind you, yourself, survival never produces necessarily healthy um, resourcing or ideas. It does get you through the moment, though, so you survive the moment. So survival is never pretty, and it's not intended to be. It's intended to get you to the place where you can actually thrive, not survive. So what I want you to think about is... That same idea when we talk about, for as a man think it's within, so he is. When we think negative thoughts, when we condemn ourselves and shame ourselves, our cognitive functioning is impaired. We will then begin to think of ways to get out of the situation by surviving. And a lot of times surviving may not be ethical or moral. So I want us to really consider this idea That researchers have also concluded, and this is strange, that poverty, and even if it's, you know, assumed poverty, or it's just a feeling of poverty, imposes a cognitive load and impedes your cognitive capacity, and these, these effects are like equivalent to losing roughly 13 IQ points. So it's comparable to missing out on a full night's sleep. So I want you to ask yourself, do you have a scarcity mindset? And this, this particular author, her name is Jillian Davey, and she's done a lot of research on this as well. And I, I really like what these people have, have really put together. And so, you know, we look, we look at this idea of from the earliest childhood memories. We remember specific messages about money from the adults that took care of us. Now, I don't know about you, but my parents were very frugal. And so they were very careful how they spent their money. They really organized it. They were very responsible. And so what I want you to think about, though, was money hard to come by when you were growing up? Was it tight? Did you hear adults around you arguing about the money? Did it feel like there was never enough for anyone to feel good? Did you feel like you weren't really allowed to ask for something or that if something was wearing out, you felt guilty? What if you thought that the only, what if you experienced that the only way you were given what you needed is if you performed perfectly? So your sins were always used against you when it came to getting what you need. So if you heard these types of messages, I want you to know you're not alone. You know, we live in a culture that sensationalizes you know, lack, while we conveniently ignore abundance. So the joyous stories of growth and abundance really don't sell a lot of papers, right? (laughs) Or attract millions of viewers on television. But the woeful tales of plummeting markets do. And so many of us have heard from the adults in our lives how hard money is to come by, and were shown through their actions how to behave in certain ways that proved that money was tight and scarce so maybe you were in a family where they acted with this scarcity mindset and later in life maybe even if one of your uh, parents have passed you found out that they had a ton of money and you thought wow how sad that they still had a scarcity mindset even though they had a ton of money so we kind of have adopted from our caregivers this whole idea of scarcity mindset. And this is thinking and acting as if there's not enough for everyone to feel good. And so the scarcity mindset is really reinforced in our society through media and through conventional wisdom. So we, we are revering those people that have tons of money. And we are looking at the people that don't as either misfits or derelicts or losers or people that are not educated, whatever it might be. And so what happens is we take, when we take action towards reaching financial goals, you might find yourself thinking and acting from a place of lack. You may, you may have a lot of reservation about investments. You may be really careful about really, you know, down to the penny, balancing your checkbook And you really may secretly think that there's just not enough to go around. And you might believe that life is permanent. See, not seeing things as temporary, but as fixed, you know, causes us to believe, well, that's just the way it is, never going to change. And so scarcity mindset sees life as fixable and unchangeable and just the need to endure, the need to just bear down and do the best you can and Try not to be jealous of all the people that have it so great. So when you see new opportunities, you kind of already believe that things will never change, so you're afraid to even try. So an abundance mentality, though, sees life as dynamic, malleable, and in constant flux. See, the abundant mindset knows that every day I wake up, it's a new day, and new things are coming. And there are new things that I can do and new ways that I can think. And so you're going to also, if you have this real, you know, terrible mindset when it comes to scarcity, you use language that relays that. So if someone says, hey, let's go out to lunch, you go, yeah, that's a great idea. But, you know, I I, I'm really tight right now and I don't think I should spend the money when maybe you just got a paycheck. And maybe you're just going to McDonald's. So there's this tendency to always say no before you say yes. So I want you to experiment with the language of prosperity. And we've talked a lot about how words can change your brain and the need to change the words that you use because words are building blocks. They build things and words also tear things down. And so words pave a way towards something words open doors to things. So the way we think is the way we are going to be. Well, another, you know, issue of scarcity, scarcity mindset is that you kind of have trouble rejoicing with other people in their successes. And you don't want to acknowledge their success. Maybe you're secretly jealous, you know, and, and you don't want to tell anybody, but you just aren't can't be happy for that person because it feels like it's unattainable to you and how come it's not fair? I mean, how come, how, how, how come they can have it and you can't have it? And so this is a scarcity mentality. Maybe you hoard things. You never throw things away. Well, my father, brilliant engineer, never threw anything away. I mean, he had jars of nuts and bolts. I mean, he was a brilliant engineer and he could fix anything. He could build things. It was amazing. But he also grew up in the Depression, so he had a really hard time with throwing anything away. And his famous saying to us was, well, you'll ne- you never know when you'll need a part. And so he wanted to make sure that he saved everything because he might need it someday. When actually, he was a revered aeronautical engineer for Motorola. He had plenty of money, he had plenty of resources but he was living out of a scarcity mindset from his childhood in in the Great Depression that said, we may not have enough tomorrow, so we better save everything today and dole it out, really, in a very minimalistic way. So you also then probably have difficulty receiving. Compliments, gifts, somebody wanting to treat you, you might downplay your achievements, right? You might even feel like oh my gosh, I can't even receive this because I I, I think that maybe I'm going to owe someone. So anyways, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this scarcity mindset syndrome that many of us may have. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So I'm glad that you are joining us. And if you're just tuning in, we are talking about a scarcity mindset because this month we are dealing with money. And so I want you to think about, do you have a scarcity mindset? And what is a scarcity mindset? It doesn't just have to be financially. It can be emotionally, like I'm going to withhold emotional love or approval to someone. So I don't want to, like, give them too much. It might ruin them, or maybe, they will, <laughs> maybe they'll get too puffed up, right? And so we might have a scarcity of mindset emotionally. Obviously, many of us have it financially. But maybe we do physically as well. Like, maybe you just won't take care of your physical needs. You know, you don't want to spend that much time. You think that you, somehow that you're not worth the effort of self-care. You also might believe that life is permanent, that nothing can change. It's just the way that it is, and I just have to bear through it and just accept it. And so you're going to be lo- using this language of lack, and that's things like, you know, I can't, I don't have enough, I'm broke, I'll just go without, don't worry about it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get it next time, or I, I'm just trying to manage my money. And and all the while, your income is actually increasing. So what if you have trouble acknowledging the success of others? And we talked about that, that in the last segment of being jealous and feeling like it's just not fair and saying, well, they must have somebody helping them. They can't just have done this all on their own. Or why are they the lucky one? And then one of the other things that really happens is you might have difficulty receiving because you don't really know what to do with it. How about you overspend or overeat? See, many people that struggle with a scarcity mindset have a tendency to overindulge because they're so sick and tired of feeling like they don't have anything that they finally go, I'm just doing it, I don't care, which puts them deeper in a hole, makes them more angry at themselves, causes them to want to hide it more, justify it, and then get more depressed. And so let's think about this. What can we do if we have this scarcity mindset? Well, we can start with small gestures. So what we can do is we can say, you know, I'm just going to give some money to a cause, a charity, an organization that you love. I don't care if you give 50 cents. I just want you to do the behavior. Maybe you give $10. Maybe say, you know, I'm going to be a 10 percenter. So everything that I receive, I'm giving 10% of it away. Whether that means time, money, love, resources, ideas, something concrete, food, right? That you just say, you know what? I'm just going to give some stuff away. How about this saying thank you and smiling if you receive a compliment? See, this, this helps you resist this urge to deflect And say oh no no it's not true or you're just being kind or yeah thank you but and see what you do is you then steal the investment that that person is trying to give you they're investing in you and you're giving it back how about going through your closet and giving away clothes and items you don't need you know then work your way to the pantry the kitchen the bathroom cabinets the garage right I mean, I'm telling you, I have a hard time getting rid of clothes because I'm always thinking, you know, yeah, but I might need that or I might use that instead of realizing, you know, I could just go buy something new or I could just use the things that I have, which are plenty. But we have a tendency to have these grasping hands, right? So how do we go from this scarcity to abundance? How do we do that? I mean, think about the life of Christ. He was not rich at all. He probably wore the same clothes. What did he eat every day? Probably one or two meals a day. And it was probably, you know, potatoes and I don't know. Maybe he was lucky if he got to eat a, a bird or something. I'm not, you know, it, it, maybe some fruit, water, possibly. But, you know, he was so full of life and had so much energy. And he had so much abundance to give away. And he actually owned nothing. Think about that. He owned nothing. So the mind is everything. And this is a great quote. It says, the mind is everything. What you think, you become. And it's true. Now, we've talked a lot about the neurology of the brain and neuroscience. And that that verse in the Bible that says, for as a man thinketh within, so he is. And that we're to take captive every thought that it doesn't exalt itself above Christ. So the mind is everything. It really is a computer. What you put into it, it will create something from it. So there's all this quantitative research that backs this up. And Stanford psychologist Carol Dweck examined the mindsets of young students and she found that children who had a growth mindset that intelligence actually can be developed and they are better able to overcome academic challenges than those who think there's a fixed mindset or a predetermined intelligence it's kind of silly to think that our brain doesn't learn <laughs> our brain is a computer it it actually almost exactly like a computer and so it learns us just like, you know, any, any of the, the things that you have in your home, they learn us. Siri learns us, right? It makes, you know, gives us hints and ideas. So when, when these researchers, and this was um, at Yale in, in Miami, they, it revealed it with more positive beliefs around aging, People lived seven to five years, 7.5 years longer than those who had less positive self-perceptions of aging. So your mindset actually prolongs your life. And I'm sure you've heard of Stephen Covey. And he coined these, these terms in his best-selling books, you know, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he talks about scarcity mentality, refers to people seeing life as a finite pie So that if one person takes a big piece, that leaves less for everyone else. And then we have to martyr ourselves, right? And say, well, just give me a little piece because I don't want anybody else to miss out. So most people, particularly in the corporate world, they've been conditioned to have a scarcity mindset. Americans, with all our abundance, actually have a scarcity mindset. It's never enough, is it? We're always afraid we're going to lose it. It's going to be taken away from us. Somebody else is going to get it. So it's no wonder, you know, promotions and raises are scarce or we think that resources are limited and managers might, you know, hoard information and we have all this micromanagement that abounds because we don't want anybody stealing what we think that we need or should have. And this is a very short-term way of thinking and it keeps us from achieving goals. So what is some of the things that we can do To help ourselves with this scarcity mindset, so that when we are dealing with money, we are understanding what we're actually doing. And I am the first to say I am no great money manager. I'm responsible with my money. I know kind. I know for the most part what it's doing, but I'm not one of those people that's going to be making a ton of money on my money. You know, I I don't have that talent. I do have the ability to manage it and manage it well and make sure that I am not afraid of my money. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about how we shift from scarcity to an abundance mindset. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And we had left off in that last segment about this idea about highly effective people and this scarcity mentality and how we see life as a finite pie. So if someone has more, that means that all the rest of us are going to have less. And, you know, we also do that with time. And we think about the fact that, hey, time keeps going, it never stops, and instead of trying to fight time, either make it speed up or slow it down, I might just want to practice being in time, instead of thinking that I'm outside observing time. See, we can't get out of time, we're locked in it. And when I recognize that time is a gift that God has given us, And that time is not something to be squandered or to try to steal. We all try to steal time, right? And we think we can manipulate it, and it actually is just a static issue. Now, maybe when God, he's on the outside looking in, maybe he speeds time up or slows it down for our benefit, I don't know. But we're not able to do that. So one of the things you want to think about is actually living in time. And when I have done this, my life has worked so much better, and I've also been a lot more proficient. I can't steal time. I keep thinking I can sometimes. But if I am willing to just be in time and let time take me to the next place, the next moment, the next day, time works really well for me. So focus on what you have and surround yourself with people that have an abundant mindset. Do you know people that seem positive and always say, you know, see the, the glass is half full instead of half empty? And they find them and they start spending time with them and it kind of rubs off. And so if you have a scarcity minded individual that surrounds you, you need to really counteract it, you know, or, or even make a, a career change because or, or confront the person about it because it is a very dangerous thing. To happen to your psyche when you get a real scarcity mindset, your life will continue to get smaller, smaller, and smaller. And you'll continue to recognize all the things that you don't have. And you'll constantly be in a less than situation. Whether it's true or not, that's how you'll feel. So the quality of a person's life is most often a direct reflection of the expectations they have on their peer group. And your peer group, maybe your family, maybe the people at work, maybe your neighbors. And I want you to think about, who are you spending a great amount of time with? And if these people that you're spending a lot of time with have a scarcity mindset, you will get indoctrinated. It will be almost impossible to not take it on and to begin mimicking the tone of that group. So you may need to search for more people or different people that are living life and wanting to aspire. So part of choosing a group has a great amount of effect on your energy. When you are with really uh, complaining, depressive, angry, jealous people that, that, that are constantly seeing the world in an upside down way. What you're going to find is that you, the harder you try to, to, to not take that in, the more exhausted you're going to be, which makes you more um, susceptible to negativity. Whenever we're tired, we're going to be more negative. So you may need to find a different group, or you may need to spend less time. I have some people in my life that are, you know, Eeyores or Debbie Downers, whatever, and I have to be careful how, long, how, how much time I spend with them because I, start to, I try to fight it and I try to get them to see the, the positive. They're not going to see it. And it gets really heavy. So I'm careful how much time I spend because it steals so much of my energy. So I want you to also work on creating a win-win situation. Now, what does that look like? <clears throat> well, a scarcity mindset believes, again, like we talked about, if one person wins and another loses. So when we are creating a win-win condition in our life, that's us combating that kind of thinking. So look for ways that both parties leave with a sense of accomplishment and a better feeling about their relationship. Even if you had to have a negative discussion, you can end the discussion by saying, I really appreciate you listening to what I had to say and taking it to heart. That takes a lot of courage. Or, I really appreciate you telling me the truth. I'm sure it was hard for you to tell me, but I needed to hear it. And that makes a negative a positive, And it makes it a win-win for both people. So we want to practice this in our personal and professional life. So join me in the last segment as we talk more about this idea of a scarcity mindset versus living a life of abundance. Well, good afternoon and welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for tuning in. If you are just joining, we are working on a show that has to do with self-worth and money, and we are breaking down the scarcity mindset. And so I hope that you have been listening to the different um, ones that we have had in the weeks prior, because we're kind of doing a monthly at a time. So this week is self-worth and money. Last week we did money shame and that you are not a number. And so today we're talking about this idea of self-worth and that we have this tendency to think we are less than if someone has more than we have. And we get into a scarcity mindset of thinking that there's only just enough to go around, or maybe there's not enough to go around. And we can get anxiety And we can get hateful. We can get jealous. We can get really stiff. We can get so that we're not even willing to consider a new idea. And we can feel in a one-down position. And so a scarcity mindset is completely opposite of God. He owns everything. And not only does he have everything, he can make more things at any time he wants. And so that mindset is one that we want to practice living with. So when we really work on this idea of this mindset, I told, I told the listeners, you know, if, if you are just tuning in, earlier on in the show, that when we are thinking negatively and we are thinking in a scarcity manner, the effects on the brain, the cognitive load that this imposes on the brain is equivalent to losing roughly 13 IQ points. Now, I'm not saying you can't get it back. But what happens is, the more negatively you think, the more you are worried and afraid that there's not enough to go around and you're not going to get what you need, the less effective your brain is. It can't think positively. It just starts to go into survival. And it starts to try to squander things, try to hold things, hide things, steal things, not talk about things, anything to make sure I don't lose more, instead of recognizing that I want to have an abundant mindset. And what does that mean when we're going from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset? Now, this may be um, a strange thought for you to have, but a scarcity mindset is actually a selfish mindset. Now, I'm not saying that you are in you know, that you're an innately a selfish person. But when we have a scarcity mindset, the coping mechanism for not having enough is selfishness. Selfishness and survival go hand in hand. We'll do anything to survive. So we begin to get very selfish with maybe the love we're willing to give someone, the ideas that we're willing to share, the compliments that we should be giving the joy that we should be having in their successes. So when we have a scarcity mindset, we get selfish. And we start to think that, wow, poor me, I don't have enough and they have more. And how come they have that and I don't have that? How come they have so much and I have so little? And what you want to recognize is when I I take people through this process and I have them start to write down everything that they have. I start to have them, I have them write down all the compliments that they can ever remember getting, all the successes that they can remember achieving, all the things that God did that they were surprised and shocked that he did. And you know what happens? It's overwhelming. It's astronomical how many positives they can find. But when we are in a scarcity mindset, our mind goes dark to the positive. It's like not even available. It's not even there. So we really have to practice not letting, it's like gravity, like sin is like gravity. It just pulls us down. And we have to really practice not giving in to this scarcity mindset that everybody's getting what they need, but there's not going to be enough for me. And where I have to give up something really important in order to get something. So think about this. When we focus on the positives and the things that we have and we begin to give things away, what happens is we start to recognize the amount of things we have. And as Americans, I know you and I, we have so much stuff. This is why people have garage sales, right? Swap meets, This is why we we finally say we're going to go through the closet. We're going to purge that closet. Well, the only people that need to do that are the people that have stuff. When I went to Africa the first time, I was amazed at how little they had. They might have one nice shirt that they wear on Sundays, but they wear the same outfit every day. They eat the same thing every day. They have dirt floors. They have rats running around. They couldn't believe the things that I had, that I just pretty much in some ways took for granted. And this is why we want to say to ourselves, you know, I have control over this. I really, I really have some control over this. Whether or not I feel less than, whether or not I feel like they always have more and I have less, and how come they get to do all those things and have all those things and look that way, and I don't get to have that. The more you focus on that, the more you're going to create it. So we want to make sure that we're focusing on what do we have that is good, that is righteous, that is pure, that is holy. Let's have our minds set on those. So, I mean, maybe you know people that are all, always seem positive, right? When they see the glasses half full instead of half empty. Well, I would recommend that you start spending time with them. Because even if it seems, you know, contrived it at least is giving their mind a mental exercise as to how to take on positivity versus how to just give in to negativity. So attitudes rub off. And you can change your attitude in a a minute and it might even rub off on you because you create momentum in this way. So let's be careful about who we're spending time with. Now, a big way to change your mindset and really increase positivity and get rid of scarcity and the fear of that is incorporating gratitude into your daily life. And I'm amazed at how much it can change my attitude, my awareness, my energy, And so, you know, Oprah Winfrey, she said this very famous thing. She said, if you look at what you have in life, you'll always have more. If you look at what you don't have in life, you'll never have enough. It's brilliant. So it's very difficult to feel fear or sadness while you're feeling grateful at the same time. They don't compliment one another. They cross each other out. So practicing gratitude is one of the most widely recognized methods for improving one's overall well-being. And so Robert Emmons, he's a professor of psychology at the University of California, Davis. And he's the founding editor-in-chief of the Journal of Positive Psychology. And anyone that has been a therapist, psychiatrist, psychologist that goes to school is very familiar with this work. And he began researching gratitude and found that expressing gratitude improves mental and physical well-being. You have more currency. Your brain is stronger. It has more resilience. And being grateful also impacts overall experience of happiness. And the effects tend to be much longer lasting. So like we said earlier, one of the ways that we want to practice this is write down five things you're grateful for. And the other thing that really, really helps tell other people what you're grateful for. This isn't a contest. This is establishing a different tone with people, establishing and creating a new mood with others. So if you really want to incorporate this practice, have a gratitude journal. I've had many clients that I have said, why don't you just start doing a gratitude journal? The littlest thing, like, hey, somebody let me in instead of making me wait for the light. They just motioned me to go in. How nice it is for that driver. What it does for you when you go, wow, thank you. That really made my, my, my trip easier. So this gratitude journal really helps, and it helps you to also create more willingness to look for things that are actually positive so include this the simplest things like things that you might take for granted like wow look how beautiful the sky is today wow you know so so and so smiled at me today that was nice i woke up on time that's great i actually enjoyed my breakfast or i made it to work on time i made all the lights These are things that help our brain with resiliency and help our brain to be trained, to be more positive. So what we're doing is we're training our brain to look for the positive things, not continue to look for the one black dot on the white page. I know that, you know, people like that, that all they see is the negative. They're the Eeyores, right? It's like, Oh, it's never going to work. Yeah. It might be fun right now, but it's probably not going to last. And you know what it feels like. You're trying to convince them not to go down that road, but they are determined to tell you all the reasons why we have no reason to be happy. And it's heavy. So I want you to think about training your mind to recognize the world of possibilities. This is what we were like as kiddos before anybody told us it couldn't happen. We loved thinking up things that we maybe could do. I mean, I have all kinds of ideas, and I, I probably said this many times on this show. One of the nicest things God said to me, it really kind of helped me, because I have all these ideas, and I was getting anxiety that I couldn't make all these ideas happen, and how would I find resources, and oh, my gosh. And so I said to God, you know, what am I going to do? All these ideas that I think, you know, you're giving me. And God simply said to me, Cynthia, the ideas that I want to happen are always going to happen. The other ones are purely for your entertainment. And it just settled me down so fast. I was like, wow, I don't have to fight with that. I can just enjoy all these ideas. And I have found that to be so true in my life that the ideas that God wants to happen, they always happen. And so this is where we can relax and enjoy just thinking On good things, those things that are beautiful, that are righteous, that are healthy, that are moral, that are kind, that we can think on those things. So you have to understand that the brain can only absorb so much. So if your belief is, I can't do it or it's impossible, here's what happens. Any other thought that contradicts that will get thrown out. That's how efficient your brain is. You have an idea and you begin to tell your brain, well, I can't do that, it's not gonna work, it's impossible. Your brain goes, okay, let me tell you how many reasons why it's impossible and you'll never be able to pull it off. So you start training your mind to loosen its focus and to create an expanded awareness. Ask yourself, hey, if you had all the time and money in the world and you knew you couldn't fail, what would you be doing? Questions like that help to open your mind up to what's possible. And ultimately, remember what you believe many times, for the most part, is what you receive. So ask yourself this question If I had all the time and money in the world, and I knew that I wouldn't fail, what would I really be doing? I want you to expand your mind. I want you to think of the world of possibilities all that's out there. I don't want you to have a scarcity mindset that puts unnecessary burdens and unnecessary walls in place that God has never intended for them to be so that he has to go in and break them all down and set you free from your own thinking. I want you to remind yourself, for as a man thinketh within, so he is. There's energy in your mind that is ready to be used and it can create your mind can create more energy by the way you think. Or you can lose energy and hope by the way you think. So thank you so much for joining me. And, and it's fun to end the week this way. I hope to see you next Friday. And we're going to be talking more about this idea of money and what we're doing with it and how it interacts in our lives.